0: Join us at our annual conferences in Surrey, Sydney, and Florida to get up to speed on this year's theme of Next Generation ITAM. For more information, head to itassetmanagement.net forward slash events.
1: Today's podcast is sponsored by our friends at SAM Charter. SAM Charter are offering our podcast listeners a free copy of their SAM ecosystem, simply enter your email address at bit.ly forward slash SAM ecosystem. That's bit.ly forward slash SAM ecosystem, all one word. Now, this is the sort of um, system model that you're going to want to print out and stick on your wall at work or at your home office or wherever it is that you do your SAM awesomeness. Rory Canavan from SAM Charter suggests that this is consultancy in a can because it gives you a bird's eye view of all the processes you'll possibly need for a SAM practice. It also aligns to the SAM Charter process kit and can be integrated with your ISO 19770 um, implementation. So for your free copy please visit bit.ly forward slash SAM ecosystem.
0: Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and Software Licensing Professionals.
1: Hi and welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITEM Review, and today I'm very pleased to welcome Daryl Sackett from Software One. Uh, Software One were winners of our Partner of the Year Award back in late 2017. So I'm keen to uh, pick Daryl's brains in terms of what he's up to and why Software One won that award and just generally see what's uh, what's happening from, from their um, perspective uh, in the SAM market. So first of all, welcome, Daryl. Welcome, very, very warm welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Martin. Great to be here.
1: So could we start off with with you? Uh, how Well, first of all, what is your current role at Software One? And if you could maybe share how you got into that role in the first place and maybe even how you got into IT in the first place?
0: Sure, okay. So my current role within Software One is um, as per title, I'm global director of software lifecycle management, and what that really means is I'm looking after our SAM practice as well as our procurement services practice. Um, additional to that is our advisory practice, and then as a as an added benefit, I look at a lot of our strategic um, innovation and strategic projects. So some of those related to future trends, future innovations within software one, also obviously looking at the market and, and how that kind of translates to that lifecycle message that we want to take uh, to market. We, we're we trying to move away from just pure pure SAM, software asset management, to incorporate the commercial, contractual procurement process, as well as obviously management of the, the ever important cloud and all of those different both infrastructure and platform subscriptions, but as well as those application subscriptions. So that's kind of the, uh, in, in a very short summary, the, the life cycle as we see it. But more about me personally, I've been around the, the, the IT and software industry for about 15 years now, I started my uh, career as a in distribution, slightly more hardware focused at that time. Uh, dealing with server operating systems and the actual servers themselves, um, specifications, imports into the country, etc., and distribution within that marketplace. I then, after several years um, in that field...
1: What distributor was that, Daryl?
0: So it was for an organization called Mustec, which is large across, probably not so much in, in Europe, to be fair, but probably across MIA, so Middle East and Africa. And they have a Multi-billion-dollar organisation doing everything from laptops, server operating systems, OEM software through to uh, networking hardware, etc. So it was kind of more at an infrastructure layer, infrastructure level around distribution. Right. Okay. So I was that was to... selling.
1: So sorry, I, I, I started out in um, Computer 2000 myself, which became Tech Data. I think a lot of people started yes. in distribution at some point. Good, good place to cut your teeth, isn't it?
0: Yes, exactly. So it's it's very much akin to uh, computer 2000 or tech data. So w- was in that field for several years, about three, four years, then moved on to more of a pure software focus in Microsoft. Uh, was in Microsoft for about six, six and a half years, uh, primarily did two roles there. Uh, one was a partner account manager role, looking after our um, scale, resellers. And at that point, again, some of our distribution partners uh, did that for several years and helped grow the um, kind of that mid-market and probably SME channel quite significantly for Microsoft. Prior to me joining, which was about 2008, 2009, um, that was probably a deprioritized focus in terms of segment from from Microsoft. So we helped reinvigorate that um, due to the licensing knowledge that i had or had gained it made sense at that point to move more towards uh, sam software asset management within microsoft and for my sins i was involved in obviously um, doing compliance checks with with customers in that space both facilitating audits with the the big four and doing them myself end-to-end so that was very much a uh, sam consultant type role if you want to if you want to sum it up in a different way, I then moved over to uh, Crayon in, in the UK. Helped uh, just after the acquisition of of the Fast business, helped establish that and move them more towards selling um, hosting solutions, primarily on the Microsoft stack. So uh, sorry, Microsoft and VMware stack. So the VSPP and and the Splar different licensing models there, as well as starting to build a team of consultants that would help. And advise our customers in that space i then joined software one about four years ago and at that point i was managing the uk island um, and middle east africa subsidiaries from a sam consultancy perspective and probably about one one and a half years ago i moved to the global director role which obviously has a as the title suggests has a global remit looking across our our 82 countries which we service, and ultimately how we resource, uh, what we offer, what our, our portfolio looks like, and how we ultimately take take that journey forward and help mature customers in the in these different markets. So, so hopefully that surmises where I am right now.
1: Great, thank you. So you mentioned three things there: so, that software one does, SAM advisory and procurement. So SAM, as in Projects and Managed Services Advisory, as in Licence Advisory?
0: Correct. So advisory takes the form of contract and commercial advice based on existing contracts, uh, commercial agreements within that. We do things like terms and conditions checking or EULA checking, um, as it might be called, to make sure there's no conflicting terms between multiple contracts in different regions. Equally, if there's risky terms within those contracts, we advise our customers on uh, ways at least to exclude them or at least just principally be aware of them. Um, and then we also look at um, negotiation where we will actually help our customers or potentially negotiate with the publishers if they so wish. So we would look at the, the data, the, the SAM elements, we'd look at the contractual and commercial elements, and then we'd help our customers get get the best deal ultimately.
1: And the final thing you mentioned was procurement. And I know that I've heard from some of your customers that you would handle their um, request processing process. So um, mm-hmm. you know if somebody says oh, I want a copy of Visio on their help desk, you would do the back end for that. Is that is that a good
0: Correct. So a crude
1: description of it?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have our own uh, platform, if you like, called Pericloud, which is our own developed IP, we have integrations into 54 different procurement systems, from Cooper, Ariba, SAP, etc. And the list goes on. And that can either be a one way or a two way API integration. What that does is it allows our customers to continue to use their their software portals, their software catalogs, their uh, traditional invoicing systems. But in through doing so, we can actually update their systems with current price, currencies, sourcing location, possibilities, et cetera. And then we would source that software for them on the back end. Um, Alternatively, if if perhaps a smaller customer and they don't have that procurement system, then they could actually use Pericloud as that e-procurement, e-invoicing type system, which allows them, like I say, to, to spot fluctuations in currencies and locations based on their organisational setup. So we don't, when I talk about procurement services, it's not reselling in the pure sense. It's actually managing that workflow, as you suggested. So we take control of that software request uh, workflow or process, and we bring that in. And we would then look at opportunities working with the SAM team to look at if there is potential for Reclaiming of unused licenses, so reharvesting, or even if if the systems allow, we can potentially start to do proactive reharvesting campaigns. But, so we know but, that.
1: But you are you are an LSP as well, though, aren't you?
0: Yes, we are. So okay. we do resell. Um, the way we see our business at a macro level moving is where we used to be, obviously a reseller and LSP, hundred um, percent. We're now roughly about 50 fifty in terms of services and reselling and we actually see that the services division the or function of our business will grow significantly and overtake uh, the, the the reselling side of the business we we're primarily focused on these services that I mentioned um, so the reselling side although still important is probably Less attractive than it was in the, in the future, and of course I'm generalising there certain scenarios um, around that where we we need to resell potentially.
1: And it's yeah, you're you're uh, looking after the transactions for your customer, so sometimes that's easier, isn't it?
0: Correct, correct. So what again? Thinking of that concept of the lifecycle management, if we can help almost get to the very end user in a customer organization when they have a software request and we can automate and digitize that cycle all the way through making sure that our customers are buying on the right contract in the right currencies are reclaiming licenses where possible and making sure that there's no security threats or vulnerabilities entering their estate through that whole cycle then that to us is that ultimate vision of true life cycle management now, if part of that sourcing is actually us asking other organisations to resell it, that's absolutely fine. So we just run that sourcing channel for them. Some of it might be through Software One, but others will actually push out to other resellers. So,
1: could you give um, some indications indications of the scale of Software One? Because you mentioned eighty two countries. Sure. How what's how big is the Sam team? What are we talking about here? Because I think you're arguably one of the biggest SAM providers on the planet,
0: aren't you? I would go so far as to say so, yes. Um, Right now, the the SAM-specific team, which is a dedicated team, 100% internal FTEs, uh, we're about 420 people. If you look at our services organization, we're about 750. So those are some of the other functions around procurement advisory and also our technology services and then all up at an organizational level with 3,200 people across those 82 countries. Um, In terms of our our scale from another perspective, we have just shy of 30,000 customers globally. Um, Again, that that helps us do a lot of that that sourcing intelligence, if you like, for our customers. Um, And then also we, we manage on our end, we have a master data management team We manage 1.3 million SKUs in terms of updates to attributes, currencies, latest and greatest products, end-of-service life, etc. So we we manage those SKUs proactively within our platform, which, again, through that integration to to customers allows us to actually feed that intelligence into their system.
1: So I'd like to ask you about the specific things that Software One are up to, Uh, but before we do that, um, before we started the call today, Daryl, you mentioned the fact that you were flying all over the shop, um, visiting different territories. Could you give a view on um, global perspective in terms of Sam? You obviously see visibility of what people are up to in different countries. Have you got a view on mm-hmm. um, the maturity or the sort of the where people are doing the best in terms of Sam around the world?
0: Yep, certainly. Again, this is kind of a a personal observation, so maybe please don't take it as as verbatim. Um, But I do see that if we look at our key areas, we're having great success in in Germany and Switzerland. I see that as kind of one entity, that Dach region. Uh, The US continues to mature and grow significantly, obviously with the size and scale of their market. I would say the UK is is ahead of both of those markets from a maturity perspective, but probably from a market penetration perspective, in terms of customers that are interested or managing SAM in the lifecycle, you almost want to look at uh, the, the Nordic region or maybe the duck region as those two regions where customers are where the number of customers and the penetration of these services is highest. But if you look at the the depths that people go to in terms of the intelligence, the ratification of the data, um, and the detail, it's probably the UK, and then of course purely for scale to the US. However, we do see interesting movements in Brazil, particularly Colombia, South Africa to a degree, and Australia. Of course, I can continue with this list, including Singapore and India. But these are really our high growth markets where we're seeing large customers, firstly, be interested in in SAM or software lifecycle management uh, and starting to invest the, the right amount of money resources and time um, into these different practices. So we're starting to see some good, uh, shall we say, spreading of the maturity globally, whereas it used to be in those centralized pockets that I spoke about earlier. So we did
1: an interview with your team back, I think it was August, September time. And you're launching this new service uh, called Sam Simple, which, um, from my eyes, is is an aggressive play in the mid market for Sam Managed Services. Can you describe what that is to people listening, and how you've got on with it in the last uh, three or four months?
0: Yeah, certainly. So, Sam Simple is the first kind of truly global Sam Managed Service at, like you say, an extremely competitive. So we're looking at organizations fundamentally below 5,000 seats is where it really makes sense. And what we've done is we've packaged together standardized outcomes with a choice of three publishers from a list of 16. And you also get technology within that, so uh, SAM technology. In, In this example, it is Flexera. And all of that bundled together as a SAM simple offering it's it's hosted by Software One um, out of the European region, North Europe, Amsterdam. And that's allowing the, these customers that potentially are entering into the complexities around software when they start to reach, you know, several hundreds or maybe one or two thousand employees. They start to reach a scale where both the software spend, the the number of contracts and the complexity starts to increase. And They ultimately need help and support. They need to base that on the reality of data. So what we've done is brought those two elements together, our services and the technology, and we take that to market. It's been extremely successful, um, if I can say so. We've already onboarded um, several tens of thousands of seats, again, keeping in mind that the customer size on average is around one or 2,000 seats. Um, we're, we're almost up to the, the six figure mark in, in terms of seats there. So it, it's been going very successfully. Um, it's fully been in market, probably coming up to about six months now, although you can imagine that talking to organizations and of course this kind of sales cycle does take two or three months anyway. So we're only really entering that uh, volume space right now, I would suggest um, in, in terms of the. The perception of organizations towards the service of course it goes hand in hand with how successful it's being but we have had great feedback in terms of our approach the the view to try and simplify and standardize offerings to the market i think that's gone down particularly well um, because there tends to be a lot of complexity around how do we scope and define and understand a service when i as a customer are, are just starting on this journey and i don't yes, you can tell me what I need, but I don't fully understand it. So give me something practical and standardised that allows me to, to take that first step on that maturity curve. And then as we as we grow and mature as a, as a customer, then obviously we help them move up that complexity and maturity cycle.
1: So just just to clarify for those that are listening, so you can say, you know, I, I might not have got started with Sam yet. I might not have signed off with my senior management team but i can pick three vendors one of which could be somebody quite significant like microsoft if i'm if i'm right and i can say two others on there as well and i'll, I'll get a standard sam service for those three vendors plus the SAM tool um for a very aggressive price so From i remember discussing this with you last year it's very good for somebody that wants to demonstrate roi of sam basically and really get started quickly
0: Exactly. Yes. So you've everything's correct that you've said there. Of course, we see the typical mix of, of vendors or publishers that customers choose, being uh, kind of the usual suspect. So your Microsoft, Adobe, VMware, Citrix, uh, maybe some of the security providers, McAfee, etc. So you've got a list of 16 that you can choose from, um, and and ultimately that'll give you that that first stepping stone onto that ROI, as you mentioned. So understanding risk generating savings and then helping to mature and equally prove the business case for that practice and the customer over time. So
1: um, we spoke prior to launch or when you were just about to, you know, ramp up things. How has the actual how's it how what's the traction been like? You've said you've been you've made some good inroads in terms of number of seats, but Has the sort of target customer or prospective customer that you were aiming for turned out to be the same? What's the profile of these typical customers that are looking at this and interested in it?
0: I would say in general, in principle, yes, the profile did match, uh, which is encouraging. We initially targeted um, up to 10,000 seats in terms of our approach to market. However, we have seen that really uh, topping out at probably about four or five thousand seats is where it makes sense. So maybe we took that scope. Being quite honest, maybe a little bit too broad. But when you reach the three, four, five thousand seat, um, complexity goes up, the the software spend goes up, and equally then you want to start managing at a very deep level. Um, vendors like SAP, Oracle, IBM, etc., additional to to that, so that's kind of where we've seen that between the, shall we say, the, the hundred seat organisation and the ten thousand seat organisation, it's been most positioned and and poignant around the seven hundred and fifty to three thousand seat range. So yes, it was on plan with our expectations, um, but you know we kind of understanding that we could have been slightly more focused on that target market. So
1: um, uh, back in November, um, well, earlier than November, early in the year, you were nominated for the Partner of the Year Award with the of Review Excellence Awards. And then it went out to the public vote, and you got a, a, a significant following of people looking to push you forward as the Partner of the Year and, and won it in November. So congratulations for that, and thank you for your support on the night. Um, could you tell us... Um, why, why did you win why, why was there such enthusiastic support behind software one what, what do you think is winning why, why are you winning in the market
0: perfect so firstly thanks for setting up the award and it was obviously a pleasure to win that it was uh, encouraging to see the feedback from from customers so I would say why why are we winning it's ultimately because we are focused on ROI and execution and equally making our Uh, Our customers look good. And in that sense, it might be just the SAM team within a customer organization or certain people within the IT department in a customer organization. Often what we have is organizations coming to us saying, we've previously invested in SAM technology. We've previously tried to do this ourselves. We're, We're stuck. We've got technology. It's out of date. It's not maintained. It's no longer connected to live data sources can you help us can you fix it so th- there's two key elements one is where we help reestablish the practice within a customer's organization and we see that as being extremely beneficial to them and here typically we're talking about larger enterprise clients so your typical above 25,000 seats um, some of them close to the 150,000 seat range and these are the organizations that need and almost have to have this data and visibility, but they they haven't understood the requirement and equally the, the depth and time that it takes to build this practice. So that's really where we come in, help alleviate that pain, fix from a technology perspective what they've got, and then really focus on ROI and, and prove that back to them step by step. On the other side, I think I'll, for, for new sales, shall we say, or new customers, We're fairly pragmatic in our approach. We're very structured and quite honest with our customers, being very aware of of what works and what doesn't work in the market. We normally uh, are fairly candid with that to our customers. So we set expectations really clearly. We make sure we have KPIs and measurements that customers and us can live by and measure each other against. And ultimately, that proves a really valuable and strong working relationship. And often, uh, I feel you can go into these services as purely a fulfilment provider or as a partner to do things, and it really does need to be a two-way, two-way street, a two-way relationship with the customers. So we really focus on that, making sure we hitting their their business outcomes that they require. Normally, obviously, cost savings or efficiency gains, but then we need to make sure that that we can actually do that, and we set those expectations. So hopefully that is clear enough, but, you know, there's kind of those two key approaches as I see it, that equal customer success and and hence satisfaction and hence the votes for the award. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, so where do you see the SAM market going? Um, we've obviously seen you develop your SAM services business that you could definitely say that was a trend in terms of people using SAM only services. And I think that goes hand in hand with a sort of global shortage of SAM expertise. Um, what else What else are you seeing in the market in terms of, of sound trends at the moment?
0: Fairly, fairly broad topics, I guess. But we are, from our perspective, we're focusing heavily on um, data efficiency and automation. Now, what I mean by data efficiency is instead of us constantly having to work through large amounts of data, data lakes is now an interesting term that's come out, related to to sam or contracts or entitlement how do you start to make sure that that data is flowing or flowed into the right systems and used or interpreted in the right way so we're trying to think of ways to digitize that within that we talk about technologies like machine reading artificial intelligence machine learning and these are topics which we are starting to uh, become increasingly interested in and talk about and actually build some some pilots if you like around those where we can start to get systems being more efficient in transferring data whether that be transactions or inventory you know putting it in the right place so that our consultants can actually make educated decisions kind of workflow management or decision execution for our customers instead of being tied up for, for minutes, hours, or days in, in mounds of data. It's one of the key things that we're thinking about. And Did then you, overall,
1: sorry, sorry, sorry. To drop, yeah. sorry to interrupt, Darren, but does the cloud, especially public cloud, like spinning up AWS or Azure, does that, do they represent good opportunities for automating that data collection? Is, is that a good ground for automating some of this stuff in a new, in, the, in the new world?
0: Yes, it does. So what we have is a consumption analytics engine which plugs into multi-clouds. Of course, you get similar technologies for their specific clouds, but ours is horizontal across the stack. So Bluemix, Azure 365, um, soon Salesforce.com, AWS, etc. And what that does is allows you to, we have this concept internally in Software One called Tag Everything. So we've we've built, um, at, you know, trying to be modest about it, but a probably more robust tagging mechanism than most of the software vendors have. Again, at a multi-cloud layer, so you can start to assign assets, contracts, spend, and devices to different business units. So you would tag all of those. You would set them up against the structure you wanted, whether that be commercial or organizational structure. And then what you can start to see is, yes, you have consistent data coming in from maybe your expense or procurement system, as well as your on-premise SAM tool or in the cloud SAM tool, but you also need to manage your cloud spend or your optimization or efficiency of that cloud spend. We often see it that customers take that initial step into the cloud and then they start to have their monthly bills ramp up significantly without an understanding of what's being used where and how it's being used and equally how to control that spend so when we look at that concept again of life cycle management cloud becomes extremely important in that not so much from a traditional non-compliance risk perspective but from an overspend of budget perspective Um, and linked to that actually is probably I would suggest why we see the decline overall in vendor audits again there's some subjectivity in that against the different publishers but we do see that customers are and we've done this analysis are generally spending between 28 and about 32 percent too much in cloud sometimes there are scary figures much higher than that so what we want to do is Help at least align that spend to their different contracts, whether it be AWS or Azure, and then equally make sure that they are removing on-premise risks into the cloud. So we it's again that whole lifecycle piece. And the, the publishers or the vendors wouldn't want customers to know that they have potential for savings. They would probably, I would suggest, want customers to keep overspending in the cloud. So we see is statewide audits starting to, to slow down or, or drop over the next one, two, three years.
1: So, so, so could we just drill down onto that tagging? Is, is that something that you developed proprietary in-house or are you using ISO tags? How, how does that work?
0: So we have developed it in-house. Now there's different ways to do that. You can uh, tag just a financial asset, so you might have a contract with $100,000 and you can tag that. You might also have a device and you can tag that. So what we've done is our platform, ParaCloud, doesn't necessarily have integrate, sorry, the the data around devices and inventory on-prem. That's where we've got integration into SAM tools. So again, if you can visually think of a a flow, if you like. We integrate into the procurement tools around commercials and costs and spend. We integrate into SAM tools to pull out the data around what's out there, the discovery data, the inventory data, and we integrate into the the different clouds, as I mentioned, those multi-clouds. And what PeriCloud does is it's that integration layer in the middle, if you like, that single pane of glass, which allows you to tag any of these assets in whatever shape or form customers suggest. You can equally see if your IT admins or or anyone else is changing the tags actually on that vendor portal. So if you set certain tags in AWS and someone logs into the AWS portal and changes the tag, you can actually override those and fix those or at least be alerted to it. So you can start to get better visibility into equally who's doing what within your cloud estate and where that's being managed. The next part of that, of course, is um, inter-company cross-charges, which we also manage for our customers. So they could say on a quarterly basis, based on the usage of our Microsoft Azure contract, please break it down at department level globally or department level in Germany, UK, France, and please cross charge those invoices based on their usage that starts to drive a very different behavior in customers related to their usage of cloud where they start to be more interested in in how they 're using it, what kind of machine they 're using and, and when they turn it off basically so you start to drive a bit of education and intelligence in that process also um, so i 'll tag every money talks yeah, yes exactly so that the tag everything concept will use things like the ISO tags. Um, it'll use UNSPC codes, etc. So we'll have those standardized catalogs, but there will also be so-called assets that will not have any of these tags because they're a contract or a, just a financial bucket or a divisional unit or something of that sort. But once you've tagged all of it, you can start to do things with it. That's the whole, that's the whole concept.
1: Okay, so final question for you is: um, What is Software One up to at the moment? What are you working on? What that you are able to share? What's What's up next for Software One? Uh,
0: to be honest, I probably covered that in some of what we uh, just just spoke about in terms of our interest. Obviously, right now we're looking at ways to to scale our team. We've been quite successful, so we're looking at growth opportunities, we're looking at better ways to to structure and resource our business. Uh, We're also, like I say, looking at ways to to automate that to help drive up our internal efficiency. You could say we are quite typical to one of the customers that we would normally talk to, where we're thinking about digitization strategies, security, GDPR, and uh, basically efficiency within our business. And all of these topics tie back to some of those things I mentioned around data integrations, tagging of resources, and how we start to, to manage that. But ultimately right now, we're looking towards this, this lifecycle approach, trying to move away from just a, a SAM compliance type mentality to that full lifecycle, including full cloud management, not just at a spend level, but also at a resource level, procurement side and then the asset management side
1: cool well thank you very much for sharing your um, growth it sounds like uh, things are going well very well at software one and thank you very much for joining the podcast
0: it's a pleasure thank you for having me